This is the Windy City Biz Podcast with your host, Michelle Sherritt. On this podcast, we will be interviewing local Chicagoland business owners to discuss many topics. Discussions on how to start a business, keep it going, and thrive for the future. Learn through fun and engaging conversations with local business owners. We help support local Chicagoland business owners, one business at a time. Welcome everyone to the Windy City Biz Podcast, where we talk about everything business with local Chicagoland business owners. I am your host, Michelle Sherritt. Today, we have a very special guest on, Julie Bronstetter, who is the owner of Jay Bronstetter Coaching, located in Chicago, Illinois. We're so glad to have you on today, Julie. Welcome. Thank you. So appreciate you having me, Michelle. Pleasure to be here. Of course. Now, Julie, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became a coach? Yes, yes. Thank you for asking. So I have 15 years of corporate experience. I spent the first 10 years of my career in advertising, and it was actually during that time where I hired my first coach. This was about 11 or 12 years ago when the coaching industry was not nearly what it's like today. I, I vividly remember Googling who to talk to when you don't know what you want to be when you grow up (laughs) and like career coaches popped up. I'm like, who are these said people? Mm -hmm. So it was through my time working with my amazing coach, Wendy, we worked on and off for about two years where I came up with this insight that the ROI of a human being outweighs the ROI of a marketing campaign. And I was like, Oh, this is why I'm feeling such tension with the work that I'm doing. I love the people. I love my clients, but I'm not connected to the work at all. In fact, I don't even care about the work. Mm -hmm. So that was problematic at 28 years old. I'm like, I have a whole career in front of me. Like, what should I do? So that's when I determined I wanted something more human centric. And I made the change into HR a few years later. And I spent the last five and a half years of my corporate tenure in the HR space. And that's where I developed my love for leadership development and leadership coaching. And when the pandemic hit, in addition to many other unexpected life events, I found myself abruptly quitting my job in June of 2020. And it was during, it was during that moment of pause in that summer where I gained some clarity on who I was. I reconnected with my values and my purpose. And I truly dug deep to find what I was being pulled to do. Cause I was pushing myself thinking I got to go back and get another HR role. I, you know, this was my second career. I I had determined, I made the transition. I did it. And so I was pushing myself to, to stay on that route, but really what I was being pulled to do was to start my own coaching practice. So I'm so thankful for that moment of pause where I could gain that clarity and find the time to get a coaching certification and start my own business, which has been an amazing journey so far. That's amazing. Um, we interview a lot of um, business owners on here who left the corporate work world to become an entrepreneur and start their own business and go on their own journey and their own path. Um, because it suits them better than being in the corporate mundane everyday (laughs) environment where they're working for someone else and their purpose just isn't being fulfilled. Yeah. Um, 
And I hear that story a lot. I mean, we have coaches on here, all different types, and that seems to be the premise for how they started to become a coach. So um, one question that always comes up, though, from the others is, how do you go about becoming a coach? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, I... I knew that I wanted to go into it. I had, you know, knowing that I had hired a coach 10 years, 11 years prior, I knew the impact of it. I knew that that was truly what I wanted to do. So I at least had a framework for like, okay, where, how do I Google or, you know, research coaching? So I, I found three coaching certification programs that really fit my need. I spoke with people who were certified coaches in each one of those, like through each one of those certification programs. And I just found what I connected with most. Mm -hmm. So mine was a nine month process. There was hands-on learning, there was out of class learning and and I'll say hands-on, it was virtual for me. Now, now they're all back in person and I'm, I'm so jealous. Um, But yeah, it, it required like 160 on, you know, hands-on training. There was a certification test that I took and I'm also, um, certified through the, um, international coaching federation. So like the governing body, if you will, for, for coaches as well. So that's something you can do after you're certified and hit a certain number of coaching hours as well. Do you continue education with this? Do you? Yeah. Okay. Yes, absolutely. So through my, um, it's called an ACC or associate coaching certification. So through my ACC, which is through the international coaching federation, there's a number of, you know, credit hours we're required to do. There's a number of coaching hours we need to keep up with in order to, um, keep our credentials live and also go to the next level. So right now I'm an associate coaching. uh, I'm, I'm certified as an associate the next level would be professional. And then the third level is master. Um, So there's different requirements for each level. Awesome. So we interview, like I said, many different coaches on here um, and they all have a similar story. Um, I'm wondering what is your coaching style? We always talk about coaching style. Every coach is different. Um, There's different types of coaching, um, but there's coaching styles. So how would you describe your coaching style? So I love this question too. My superpower is my energy. Mm-hmm. So I am That's definitely, true. thank you. <laughs> so first and foremost, my, my style is definitely very energetic. Mm-hmm. I'm also extremely compassionate. That's just ingrained with who I am from, I swear it happened from birth. Um, and, and so I'm very compassionate with my clients and Third, I'm very collaborative. And the I love the word collaborate because I saw my coach when I first started working with my coach so many years ago as a partner. Mm-hmm. It was so nice to have someone on my team holding me accountable, yet, yet not doing so in a way that you know, your friends and family do like you let me down. It's, it's really, you know, having that objective party, being that partner on your side or on your team was so beneficial to me. So that's what I want my clients to feel for me as well. We both have roles while, while it's on, you know, them to put what we talk about into practice. 
we both come to the table with something of equal value. And I always want my, my clients to make sure that they know that this truly is down to, I don't even call my contracts contracts. I call them partnership agreements. That's how much I, I want to make sure that they know that this truly is a partnership. So collaboration is really key for me. Big question that we get is, do you give homework? <laughs> <laughs> So it, it depends. Um, there's, there's sometimes when I suggest homework based on the conversation, and there's other times when I just ask the client, what is it that you want to commit to based on what you're learning today? So that it puts them in the hot seat. It mm-hmm. puts them in the driver's seat on where it is we're going and how they want to apply what they're doing. Do you do any uh, reflection work? Because there's a lot of coaches who say we have to start with you first, the person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they do a lot of reflection work um, and then they get into the actual coaching of what they're coaching. Um, Do you do that as well? Yeah, great question. I do. The first the first month or so for the first four sessions, I would say for me, is all about gaining clarity on who you are. I call it the who, what and how what your goals are, how you're showing up, who you are, what you value most. Um, And we end it with a visioning exercise where they're writing their own retirement speech. And that's where we, that's where we really hone in on what their North star statement is, what their why statement is, you know, what their purpose statement is, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, the first four sessions are very much reflective and, and really digging deep onto, into who this person is. Awesome. So, um, like I said, many coaches on the podcast and in our group <laughs> speaking, um, who's your ideal client? Yeah, I, I work a lot with mid-career, creative-minded female professionals who have seen a lot of successes through their life, both personally and professionally, but at the moment, they're feeling pretty stuck. Yeah. Like, Externally, they're probably coming across as like completely normal, confident as can be, but internally is a different story. Maybe they're even feeling a bit of a, and I'm going to put this in quotes for a reason, a bit of a hot mess. And I put it in quotes for a reason because that's their words, not mine. Yeah. My words, I would say are essentially there's a lack of self-trust, maybe a bit of fake it till you make it type of a vibe going on. And so through through my coaching process. And just like with my story and like what I had said, I help them gain clarity, reconnect with their purpose, reconnect with their values and develop a deep sense of inner trust that helps them regain control and no longer second guess themselves. Do you find that a lot of women in the workforce are second guessing themselves or is it with men as well? Absolutely. Especially in mid-career. Because we have all of this, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, we have all of this experience. We feel like, you know, we, we should be feeling confident. We should be doing all of these things. But yet we can get to a point where, where we're tricking ourselves out a little bit, right? Like, and, and we, can get, we can get stuck in our own head. And that's where all of the self-sabotage and the tunnel thinking happens. And we're making all of these assumptions, so yeah, I think a lot of people do live by the fake it till you make it type of a, a motto. And yeah. the problem with that is from the get-go, if we, if we think we, if we think our own self can't do it and we have to fake it, we have to fake being somebody else, we're automatically telling ourselves we don't trust ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when we're, 
And when we're being somebody else, how do we know when we've made it? That's <laughs> true. It's exhausting. <laughs> and it used to be my motto. So believe me, I get it. <laughs> now, with your uh, coaching, do you do any group training or any group coaching or is it primarily one-on-one? I would say it's primarily one-on-one. Um, I do have... I do have, and actually I, I speak on this, Michelle, you and I, I, I spoke with your group um, about mental fitness. Mm-hmm. So what mental fitness is, is essentially a way to use your brain as your friend versus your enemy. There's three core muscles at the root of mental fitness. And what I speak on is based on the teachings from the teachings and the research from the book, Positive Intelligence by Shirzad Shamin. And what goes along with that is a seven-week mental fitness boot camp, which I take all of my one-on-one clients through. I've also taken corporate clients through this program as well. Um, That can be a group experience of, you know, five to 10 people. But I would say the majority of my coaching is one-on-one. Okay. And how do you measure the success of your coaching? That's a great question. So I have an assessment that my, um, that my clients take at the beginning. It's called the energy leadership index assessment. And what I love about this assessment is that it's attitudinal based. Mm -hmm. So unlike a disc or a Myers-Briggs, um, because our personalities don't change all that much throughout the course of our lives, but our attitudes absolutely do. Right. So this assessment shows how you currently perceive the world and are showing up today in all aspects. It gives you a score. And so at the end of a six month engagement, I have them take it again to see the difference in, in how they've shifted perspectives on how they're, how they're showing up differently. So it's really fun to see that even a a slight uptick is extremely impactful and extremely valuable. Definitely. Um, now you had mentioned that you've spoken to our networking groups before, um, and it was on the topic of how to grow your mental muscle to thrive in challenging times. Can you tell us more about that talk and your other speaking engagement topics? Yeah. So like I said, there's three core muscles at the root of mental fitness and what those are, are your saboteur interceptor, your self-command and your sage. And so the talk goes into your, your saboteur interceptor is essentially exposing your inner judge or your inner critic and knowing that your judge, you've been working out, we're going to use it from fitness perspective. You've been working out with your judge essentially since you were a child. It's really, really strong. This is, it was developed, it was developed early on so that you could survive both physically and emotionally, but it wasn't there to help you thrive. So the talk is all about exposing your judge and the accomplices that your judge works with, accomplices like like the pleaser or the avoider or the hyperachiever. There's nine of them. So we talk about how to expose them. The self-command muscle is, is essentially weightlifting for your brain. So your, your weightlifting is through these specific sensory exercises, such as, and if you all are listening or watching, I would encourage you to try this with me, such as rubbing two fingertips together, Mm -hmm. but in a way where you can actually feel the ridges on both of your fingertips. Okay. And when we focus on specific sensory exercises like this, the research shows that 
that the positive side of your brain actually starts lighting up. So while it's a form of meditation, you don't have to be in a meditative mindset to rub two fingertips together or do some other exercises. There's some breathing exercises that we do as well, or wiggling your toes and trying to find as many toes as you possibly can. (laughs) So when we're doing these specific sensory exercises, we're getting out of our minds, getting out of our heads where the judge lives, where all of that those lies and self-sabotage is happening. And we're starting to get into our body, focusing on something so that when that mind chatter is cleared, we can be more focused so that we respond to a situation better than reacting to the situation. And then the sage muscle is what the research calls the positive side of your brain. And you activate the positive side of your brain through what the research calls the sage perspective, which is seeing seeing the opportunities from every situation that happens, positive or negative in your life. And it's not necessarily about turning negative situations positive. Like my mother passed away unexpectedly in March of 2020. I'm never gonna say that that was a positive experience. However, I have been able to find meaning and purpose in my life because of that. So I've been able to put the sage perspective to see the gifts and opportunities that come from those things. So that's what the talk is based on. And that's really what the mental fitness boot camp is based on as well. So it's seven weeks diving deep into those three core muscles. Wow. Yeah. Your talks are amazing. Our groups always say that they get so much from your talks because you really give a lot of information um, when you're giving the talk and that's something that then they can take away and implement on their own. There's always something. Thank um, you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. One other topic that I talk on a lot and, and I talked with your group as well is mm-hmm. how to lead like a coach. Right. So I'll, the most successful leaders out there use are using coaching techniques to create a more meaningful connection and create a, a, a longer lasting impact on their teams. So that talk goes into, you know, five tips, tools, skills that you could be using right now to really look at your leadership through the lens of a coach. Um, I also do custom topics too. So if y'all are out there and, and you like my energy, but you're like, I don't really think these two topics fit. Like, let's chat. Let's see yeah. what we could come up with together. Oh, definitely. Um, so as we close out here, if you could give your younger self any career advice, what would that be? Think with your heart, not your head. Ooh, that's so, a good one. Thank you. I used to believe that intuition was something that people had or didn't have. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was something we all could access. And I put myself in the unfortunate genetic pool of don't have, don't have intuition. So it was during that moment of pause when I was gaining clarity and reconnecting with myself that I truly did dig deep to, to feel what that inner trust, what that inner heart, what that inner intuition felt like. And once I was able to access that, I realized that it was guiding me my whole life and I just wasn't listening. My head, my ego was getting in the way saying, you should be doing this. You should push yourself, you know, shitting all over the place. Mm -hmm. And what I've determined is the difference between the push versus pull in my life. 
And now I'm learning how to find the things that I am pulled to do. And that doesn't mean that I'm pulled to do easy things. I'm pulled to a lot of challenging things. I think Brene Brown references like desired difficulty. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm now that I've tapped into something inside of me, I really do know how to move forward in my life and know when to say no, which as a recovering pleaser, and let's, let's say recovering like loosely, cause I'm still very much a yes person, <laughs> but I'm learning so much more how to say no to the things that truly feel like a push. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I can relate. Um, I, I'm a pleaser too. So um, and not a recovering one. I think I still do it. And I try to stop after listening to your talks. I've tried to stop. Um, <laughs> but I always end up, Oh yeah, I can do that. Or, um, as you know, we have, um, a digital marketing company. And so we work with companies, you know, where we're creating their website and doing all their social media work. And they're like, Oh, can we just add this on? And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's easy to do. Like, we'll just do it. And then I'm like, oh, well, now they're being a pain in the butt. Now it's taking like three weeks instead of one week. And shoot, I should charge for that. (laughs) Yeah. So you can see what a great example right here. You can see how the pleaser can lead to resentment. Yeah. Right. Like, and we're pleasers. You and I are pleasers because we genuinely care and we genuinely want to help. And when we say yes too much and pile on on our plate too much, then we can't give the way we know we want to give. Right. And then we get overwhelmed. And now the people we're giving to who we love and want to give to, we resent them. Yeah. Sorry, people that we resent, but we do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's not your fault. It's our fault. It's our fault. It's my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love all our clients. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But I do find that. And I find that with clients too, as well. There, you know, some, you have those nine different types and, and I always run into one of them. So um, that talk is very interesting um, and very helpful as well. Um, What groups have you spoken with besides our group, the Naperville Business Network? What other groups have you talked with? So um, I I talk with a lot of women's groups really throughout um, nationwide. You know, that's kind of the gift of the pandemic. I would never say the pandemic was positive, but the gift that came out of it was, you know, being virtually connected. So there are many women's networks across the U.S. that um, I've spoken at at a decent handful. I would say that's that's mainly my my target group of folks that I'm talking with. All right. Awesome. Well, if you want to hear any of uh, Julie's past talks, you can visit our website or you can visit her website at jbrunstettercoaching.com. I want to thank all of our viewers and listeners today, as well as our special guest and good friend, Julie. Um, Again, Julie's company is called J. Brunstetter Coaching, located in Chicago. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on future talks. Also like, share, and comment below to keep the conversation going. Thank you again, Julie, for being here. Thank you, Michelle, for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you for listening to the Windy City Biz Podcast today. To help support, please like, share, comment, and of course, subscribe. To learn more about our Windy City Biz Networking Group, future networking opportunities, or to become a member, please visit us at WindyCityBiz.net. Thank you again for your continued support.